Hello and welcome to the Veto Cast. Uh, we are back again following a new Veto Cast by the United States on June 1st of this year, 2018. And uh, with me to analyze this video is a uh, regular guest, Victor Sundman. Welcome back to the show again, Victor. Thank you. Now, before we get into the consequences of the veto, I think it's a good time now, as as always, to look at some of the basics of what the draft resolution was actually about before we start talking about what happened once it had been presented to the council. So uh, this veto was cast to stop draft resolution S slash 2018 slash 516, which was structured really to do uh, two things. First, it would have functioned as sort of a statement by the Security Council on a number of issues uh, really relating to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And second, it would also have tasked the um, Secretary General of the UN with producing a report on the situation in the conflict. Now, Victor, the wording of this draft resolution seems uh, quite benign to an outside observer and hardly like the controversial stuff that other draft resolutions contain that also draws the attention of uh, veto-wielding member states. Why is the U.S. investing political capital in in vetoing this uh, particular draft resolution? The background for the veto is the uh, massive protest in Palestine that occurred around the the 15th of May this year. That was the 70-year anniversary of the state of Israel since they declared themselves a state. And it was, was also around the same time that the U.S. embassy move to Jerusalem took place. Uh, this caused massive protests in Palestine and Israel responded quite forcefully to these protests using live animation, killing, I believe, uh, around 100 Palestinians and injuring many, many more. And this drew international criticism and led to this issue being brought up at Security Council and this draft resolution presented. While it might seem non-controversial from a somewhat neutral standpoint, the US as the main defender of Israel in the Security Council and in other UN bodies, uh, where they regularly criticize the UN and other states for being biased anti-Israel. For them, this draft resolution did not contain what they would need to see in order to support it. Mainly, the US criticized the lack of explicit combination of Hamas. A lot of the protests were peaceful, but the Hamas was also involved and the U.S. argues that there was a legitimate security threat to Israel uh, posed by Hamas during this situation and that that forced Israel to act in the way they did. In the draft resolution, there is one paragraph that states that the Security Council deplores any actions that could provoke violence and endanger civilian lives and calls on all actors to ensure that protests remain peaceful. This uh, obviously does not explicitly call out Hamas and explain what uh, or hold them responsible for uh, for this event. And that's the background for why the U.S. felt they could not support this. They need to uphold their support for their ally Israel and therefore saw themselves as necessary to veto this draft resolution. I see. Now, the U.S. also presented an alternative draft resolution to the council in the same meeting. What were the difference uh, there between the the veto draft resolution and the other U.S. Uh, presented 
a draft resolution? And, and why was the US the only country to vote in favor of that other draft resolution, you think? Yeah, so this for a for a Security Council nerd, this is quite interesting because originally the US proposed a series of uh, amendments um, that they wanted to see in the draft presented by Kuwait. They list, I believe, 31 or 32 paragraphs that they wanted inserted into the uh, Kuwait draft resolution. But due to procedural concerns of how this would be done, the US and the other agreed to treat these amendments as a separate draft resolution instead. The difference is quite big. In many ways, the US com- takes the completely opposite side from the Kuwait draft resolution here. As I said, the US criticized the, uh, the draft resolution they vetoed for being one-sided because it did not mention Hamas. The US draft resolution is, in that case, uh, equally one-sided because it does not call out Israel explicitly. It does not con- condemn Israel's use of force or excessive use of force against uh, Palestinian civilians. Uh, the US draft calls for the exercise of maximum restraint and calm by all parties in Gaza and the need for immediate and significant steps to stabilize, stabilize the situation. But does not have any reference to, to the government of Israel. So these two draft resolutions signify the exact opposites of each other, more or less. The US draft resolution instead entirely focus on Hamas and lays the blame on them for the way the protests turned out. And this view presented in the US draft resolution is not a view of the situation that is shared at all by the rest of the council. And therefore, no one else voted for it, although a few countries uh, did abstain rather than vote against it. Now, the United States have cast uh, two vetoes in the one and a half years since Donald Trump took office as its president. That means that the Trump administration has already cast double the number of vetoes as the Obama administration did in its entire eight years in office. Is this a coincidence or should we read this as a substantial shift in policy towards the UN and the, and the council itself? I would hesitate to call it a substantial shift in policy towards the UN and the council, although there certainly has been a policy shift uh, with regards to Israel from the White House. President Obama was seen as relatively weak, relatively sympathetic to the Palestinian side, although still being very much pro-Israel, while Trump campaigned as being more or less Israel's best friend and has also governed in that same vein. The reason that the US only caused one veto during the Obama years is not mainly because Obama did not veto the draft resolutions that were presented on uh, on this issue, but that there simply were not that many draft resolutions. I tried to do a quick count before before this recording, and I believe there was only three resolutions concerning what UN speak is called the Palestinian question during his eight years in office. And two of these did not explicitly condemn Israel. The only exception was the resolution that was passed in December in 2016, uh, during Obama's very last months as president, when the US abstained on a resolution condemning Israeli settlements. So the reason for the relative lack of vetoes during the Obama years was simply that the question did not come up, arguably because everybody involved expected US to veto any draft resolutions presented and saw no point in bringing them up. Now, the two draft resolutions brought up under President Trump have concerned two major events. The first one uh, concerned the unprecedented embassy move, and now this one with these large-scale protests with large civilian casualties. And these events have simply been too big not to bring up at the Security Council. It has not been business as usual on the ground. These have been exceptional events. It is also possible 
perhaps that Trump's hardline stance on the Israel-Palestine issue will cause this issue to come up more during his tenure in, in the White House. I'm purely speculating here, but it is possible that because Obama was seen as relatively sympathetic to the Palestinian side, the Arab states on the Security Council, who are usually those who provide the draft resolutions on the Palestinian question and for the Palestinian voice on this issue, did not want to be too confrontational in the council in the hope of working with Obama to take steps forward on this issue, but in other forms, in, in other negotiations. Whereas under President Trump, there is not much hope that that there will be much sympathy for the Palestinian cause under under his presidency. And therefore, there is less risk in being confrontational and bringing up more issues and more draft resolutions to the Security Council. The vetoes that will probably be laid then will not be uh, as detrimental to other diplomatic efforts. As I said, that is pure speculation from my part. But to sum up uh, the whole question, I would not see the vetoes as a big shift in policy from the US toward the Council and the UN, but rather as a result of major developments on the ground and a shift in the situation in Israel and Palestine. Thank you, Victor. Regarding uh, our coding of this veto, uh, we have not found any evidence that this draft resolution constituted a direct threat to the security or sovereignty of the United States. And because of this, we have codified this veto as illegitimate. And you can find out a lot more about uh, our campaign, Stop Illegitimate Vetoes, on our Facebook page, uh, Twitter, and of course, our webpage, StopLegitimateVetoes.org, where you will also find more about uh, how we code the vetoes according to the legitimate, illegitimate scale. We will be back if and when there is a, a new veto in the Security Council. And until then, goodbye.